I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Valerie. And today, we don't have Jan here because uh, scheduling stuff. Uh, she was not able to be here for this one. Uh, it's, it wasn't like because it was inappropriate for her or anything. She just wasn't able to be here for this one. She will be back next time, though. No worries. Uh, but this time, Valerie and I watched the Chinese film uh, known as Havoc in Heaven. Uh, there's a couple other names it's known by, but that's one of the more well-known ones. It is a 1961 Chinese film by the Wan Brothers. Who would like to give a spoiler-free plot synopsis? Do you want me to do it or do you want to do it? I'll do it. There's a monkey guy named Sun Wung Kong. And he lives in the mountains with a bunch of monkey people. I think he calls them his children, right? He, do, he does refer to them as children. They just kind of chill and have a nice fun time there. Uh, but then he's like showing off his weapon skills and his weapon breaks. So he needs to go get a new weapon. Um, and so he goes to, to like the, the dragon king or someone that lives like in the underwater. Mm-hmm. Um, and that guy lets him test out a bunch of weapons, but they're all too light, uh, cause he's real strong and he eventually ends up taking a weapon that is also a thing that helps the seas be calm basically. And even though the guy offered it to him, he gets upset that it was taken and goes and talks to, um, the Jade Emperor, and is like, hey, can you do something about this guy? And so then the rest of the film is basically the Jade Emperor trying to raid, to rein Sun Wukong in, and and uh, always failing. Because this guy just cannot be contained. He is uh, Havoc Incarnate, and he will fight the Jade Emperor, if he has to, because he's not going to put up with any limitations. Yeah. What did we think of this movie? The pacing was a bit rough, but there was some funny stuff. It was it was fine. Yeah, it's... For one, we shot ourselves in the foot a little bit because we ate candy early on, and I think suffered a sugar crash uh, in the latter half of the movie. But even beyond that, I think it's just, it's so not the style of storytelling that we as a Western audience are used to, that I think it was kind of real hard for my brain to to kind of grasp onto it and become invested at any point. I found a lot of it interesting, but I never felt emotionally involved, and I don't I don't know if it's supposed to be a movie that emotionally involves you. Like, I don't really, I don't know. Cause I didn't grow up in a culture where this story, like the journey to the West is like such a cultural touchstone. And I didn't grow up in a culture that has a lot of media of this storytelling sort. So I kind of feel like I'm out of my depth here in terms of, qualitating whether or not this is a quality film. (laughs) That's fair. I feel like it is. It got a lot of awards and is considered like one of the premier animated works of Chinese culture, but it doesn't do a lot for me personally. And so it's like, 
what do I do with that? <laughs> yeah, there's probably a lot of... I think there's tons of stuff that just goes over our heads. Yeah, in terms of like... We were lucky to recognize Neza when, when he showed up because we'd seen that movie. But if we hadn't seen that movie, we would have no idea who that is. And I have to imagine there's probably plenty of other characters in this that are exactly like that in terms of, oh, I know them from this thing or whatever. And like, we just totally miss out on that because we don't come from that cultural context. Or the significance of like, there was some gold elixir pills. Yeah. And I can infer that it is, it strengthened him up even more such that he couldn't, you know, be contained or he maybe was captured but couldn't be executed, things like that. But yeah, the, it was an inference just on what was going on in the film and not anything that I knew that I could like say, think, oh, that's not going to do it. They're not going to be able to chop his head off or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, we're going to try to talk about this. We're going to try to give our thoughts and opinions on it. But I think at the end of the day, it just needs to be understood that we aren't coming from the culture this was made for. And I don't, I feel like whatever star rating I give this is just not, it's only going to be indicative of the level to which I enjoyed it rather than any sort of it is this amount of quality filmmaking. Yeah. Like, I feel like, you know, and that's, that's, that's the main thing that the star ratings always are. Exactly. I was going to say. (laughs) But I feel more qualitative, like, I feel more qualified to judge All Dogs Go to Heaven on its storytelling merits because it's working within a framework I'm familiar with. So I, I feel like, Obviously, I'm not the end-all, be-all judging all dogs go to heaven, but I feel like I can say I both enjoy it this amount and think that it is quality-wise around this amount. And obviously, some people disagree, but like that's that's how I feel about it. But with this one, I really feel like I'm only going to be able to say how much I enjoyed it, and I really just, there's too much that goes over my head or that I'm just not, I just don't understand to tell you whether it's good or not uh so with our initial whether or not we recommend it i recommend it on the level that this is considered one of the premier works of animated art from china and so if you are interested in looking into what animation works that culture offers this is an important film this is an important important film in terms of animation media but I don't know if I'd recommend it on a, I in personally enjoyed watching it that much level. Those are just two different things. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't know that it won awards and things, but to see, you know, this film from a, assumedly if you're from a Western country from, you know, a different culture. Yeah. I guess similarly to you, I would recommend it in terms of, seeing a lauded film from a different culture it's it's not like technically bad or anything like that so no. like yeah it, it looks good and we'll talk about it more yeah um but yeah i'll say similar to you so let's start getting specific as i mentioned this film was produced by all four of the wan brothers they are considered the founders and pioneers of the chinese animation industry and made the first asian animation feature-length film 
Princess Iron fan in 1941. When Guchan began planning the production of Havoc in Heaven after Princess Iron Fan's release in 1941. However, the project was delayed for over a decade after the Japanese capture of Shanghai during the Second Sino-Japanese War and later by the Chinese Civil War. This was the last major animated film of the second golden era of cinema of China and received numerous awards. A year later, the entire industry was effectively shut down by the Cultural Revolution. Uh, this movie is seems to be so ubiquitous in Chinese culture that the name of the movie, uh, which isn't Havoc in Heaven, but whatever that's translated from, uh, has become a colloquialism in the Chinese language to describe someone making a mess, mm. uh, which is um, funny. very funny. And then... Just to make this clear, this story is an adaptation of the earlier episodes of the 16th century Chinese novel, Journey to the West. So this is part of that story that seems to be like a really important story to Chinese culture because it is used in a whole lot of their storytelling. Um, and also it affected Dragon Ball Z for for Dragon Ball fans. It mostly affected Dragon Ball by the time it became Dragon Ball Z. It was a little... It's pretty disconnected from that source, but yeah. Um, so yeah, let's let's talk about the story and characters and stuff. Um, what what did you think of Sung Wukong? Um, chill dude, really proud. Um, yes, very. But sly, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess you could say his flaw is his pride, but the, nobody was smart enough to successfully use that against him. Yeah. Uh, Not for very long, anyways. Right. And, yeah. Like, I I guess in the sense of, if if this, (laughs) this isn't, I wouldn't say this is, like, a a moralizing tale in terms of... I don't get that sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Like, there's no comeuppance for it. And in a sense, I think it's because he was so proud. He was, it was, like... Oh, uh, I'm not going to this banquet. Like, well, not only will I destroy this banquet and take this food, but also those pills, whatever those are, I'm going to take those too. And it's like, it's a really good thing you did, because I bet that that was one of the big reasons why you were able to, like, handle the the blowback of all of what you did. Right, right. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he's... He's very interesting. I I go I went back and forth on like considering him a jerk and like considering him justified in things. I think the sense that I get is just that he is definitely not a perfect character, but he is always the character that's going to win. Yeah. Um and that's that's the what the story is based on is like he gets himself into things sometimes or people just don't like him and then they start stuff, but he's always the one who finishes stuff. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I think the most, one of the more admirable qualities of him is that he does seem to care about his, his quote children. I don't yes. know what the, what the exact relation is, but he cares about the other monkeys a lot. Like he, yeah. he, he likes to play with them. There's several parts where he's shown uh, protecting them or, or helping them out or whatever. Like he, he cares about them. And so that, that, that was, uh, I guess something that helped ground me to him as a character to some degree of like, 
he cares about this when even when a lot of other times he seems to not really care about other people at all. Well, that but it's like most of those people are infringing on his pride in some way or trying to. It's it's a lot of pomp and circumstance. It's, yeah, that it's like yeah, doesn't he's a mean very, anything to him. Yeah, he's a very chaotic creature that the that people who are very focused on rules and and regimentation are trying to like make conform to that system. And at every turn, he refuses. <laughs> right. Like, not just helping with the the monkeys, but... So, the first thing that they do to try to rein him in is to make him, I guess, pun not intended, the <laughs> head of the stables. And so, you have all of these horses that are tied up by their reins in, in this space. And the first thing he does is let them all loose. And then he, like, really cares for them. He, like, gives them a bath. He lets them play. And he plays with them. And one of the comments that uh, the guy at the stables makes is, oh, they're more tame and, like, sturdier. Yeah. After being cared for by you. So he, like, that gave me a sense that he recognizes the environment in which these creatures will... Thrive. thrive yeah. yeah uh and so then the the head the guy above him comes and he's like why are these guys all out and, and he has his people like whip the horses to get them where they need to go or whatever right right just a big bully right so it's like sure he is chaotic but he knows like what he does breeds loyalty to those that he cares for yeah or from those that he cares for uh and also he is loyal to them uh so like for the 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 horse guy like he you know defeats him or 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 whatever makes him leave and the horses are just like laughing and yeah so yeah i guess that's why i didn't feel that he was a, a a jerk really uh, I mean, he can be, again, maybe a little rude, but not and not yeah. caring about like this politeness or yeah, he doesn't care about authority really. Yeah, as like a concept. <laughs> I think, I think if it were if it were somebody that he saw that was worthy of it, of like uh, that somebody could defeat him or treated him in a way. Yeah, I think it's like he has to respect to care at all about right. Yeah, yeah, and at that point, it's really not about authority; it's about the respect of another person like oh you've earned you've earned loyalty or whatever from me yeah Yeah. so so yeah like that would also be an interesting thing to see but it's the first parts of uh that's of journey to the west so there could be yeah i'm sure he goes he he probably goes to the west at some point (laughs) i imagine um what is i don't i want to know the dragon king's like deal because he's like Okay, yeah, we'll get you weapons, and he lets him try a bunch of things out, and then he's like, "Here, try this thing," and then gets mad when that works. And I, I ultimately got that that he probably didn't think that he'd be able to take it exactly. But I feel like that maybe could have been communicated better, like a little more of him, like he'll never be able to get this kind of thing, and then being super shocked when he's able to. Like you get a little bit of the shock, but like. You don't really get a sense that he's upset about this until after it's happened. And I think it there's there it could have been communicated a little better that he was like 
not expecting this to work. Sure, and that maybe could have come from assumptions on how much the audience knows the story. Very true. Uh, But yeah, I'd agree that that's what happened. He's like, okay, this thing that this god put down, this, this kid won't be able to deal with that. And so, like, it'll make him look silly or dumb or whatever and then so he's like if if it suits you uh you can you can take it and then it did he's like wait don't take it that's very important to us yeah you literally said i could so bye-bye i think the really funny thing is that he goes and complains to the jade emperor and is like do something about this and the jade emperor does try to do stuff to rein in sun wukong but does not actually ever make him try to even try to make him give the thing back (laughs) like that never it never comes up again that that it's like hey also give that back to the dragon king like nah that thing just is gone yeah (laughs) yeah amusing i wonder if in the story it's like explained or recognized that it's like you said he could have it my man like probably yeah like the knowledge that this is an adaptation of a very long work is like, yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of details that just, they're like, oh, you know the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool seeing Prince Neza, because uh, we know we know him from another Chinese movie. Yeah, yeah. And it's... <laughs> the thing, I'm like, this kind of looks like a, a baby thing. What is that? And <laughs> he was I definitely, think... he was much more of a chump in this one compared to the movie where he's the hero. Uh, but it was... Still, he did pretty good no especially compared to the first I just, guy i just mean he kind of felt he had the baby face and he would pout a lot and stuff like that i mean but no sure. he still clearly had martial prowess uh, and he had his cool little like wheel things that he went around on and he couldn't have the three-headed transformation thing and it's like oh i recognize all this yeah. neat um so it was, it was cool to see him um and they they have a, a fun little fight uh, that of course Neza loses because he's not the hero in this particular story. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, the, I liked the the fairies and and how they war with each other. Like the one being like, "Oh, you picked the peach," and it's like, "No," and then they had the little slap. Or no, whatever. they're they're very cute. Yeah, it was adorable. Um, and the voice actors are voice actresses were really good yeah yeah they were they were um, adorable but but yes it's like oh no don't interact with him he's not gonna take to the cattiness well <laughs> right and he didn't he didn't but he didn't like hurt them or whatever he like made them freeze for a bit but then later they, they show up again so like didn't hurt them it just made them freeze for a while no i, I meant it in the sense that 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 kind of social conflict oh yeah well you know do what happened it it will come out in a way that isn't within that social realm right 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 definitely oh i guess i haven't specifically said but we're not worrying about spoilers in this one i don't really even know where that would go and it kind of feels like the outcome is in some sense inevitable relatively early on (laughs) in the movie so i'm just i'm just not gonna worry about spoilers um, but eventually, we got basically all of heaven trying to come down on on his head, and and he he fights it all off. There's there's a, a long fight where where he and this warrior guy are going back and forth, transforming into different animals and stuff, which was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it gave me a little bit of like um, sword in the stone, yeah, sword in the stone vibes of, yeah. of just transforming back and forth. Um, yeah, that 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 part was fun. Um, 
I was falling apart for falling asleep for part of it. But again, I think that was just sugar crash. I was, I was having a little bit of a rough time, uh, but I did really like them going back and forth. That was fun. Yeah, the the emperor and the two advisors were kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, a lot of details on the emperor's face, especially. I meant in in a in a character sense. Oh sure, yeah. Of obviously the one military guy wanting to go capture him from the get go. Yeah, like his his deal felt pretty like okay, I understand you like immediately. Like yeah. you just want to go kick his butt. I get it. And the and the other one trying to be more political of like oh we'll just get him here and put him in this role with little power. I think his fundamental mistake is just like. He's working within the framework of their society, and this guy doesn't conform to it. Yeah. So he always, you get in the position, and then he's not doing it the way you want, and then when you try to rein him in, he just breaks out of it. Like, he's never going to conform to it. Right. Yeah, no, like, because I think the first role as, like, the head of the stables probably could have been good if... He'd been allowed to just do what he was already doing. With right. It. The head of the state, like you would have, uh, if the emperor wouldn't have been like, hey, go check on him and make sure he's doing whatever. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, if it's like, oh, these horses look good, act well. Hey, thanks, man. Right. It might, it might have been all right. <laughs> I don't know. But nope, that's not how it went down. Right. You have uh, kind of people feeling that superiority yes definitely just by sense of of role or title when exactly. it's like yeah okay. i do yeah i mean i do really appreciate in this film kind of the themes of like that stuff isn't important like you guys think it is mm-hmm. and trying to force me to be a part of it i'm just going to say no it's just it's very anti authority which is pretty fun. Like, that aspect of it, I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and then with a second, the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, go be in charge of the peach garden. Don't eat any of them, though. Yeah. That was always going to fail. Exactly. I was like, oh, no, that's even worse. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it looks like, oh, this is like a terrible idea. Yes. Uh, so that was just doomed to fail. And it did. Yeah, I think I think the first one was the, the best shot. Yeah, because um, he was doing a good job until you tried to put your thumb down on him. Yeah. And then by the time the military guy got to, to do what he wanted to do, he had already had... A peach, uh, which was supposed to give him immortality. Well, the first time the, the military guy goes after him, he has the big blue guy and Neza. Oh, that's fair. That's between the horses and the peaches. Mm. And and then the the next time the military guy comes, it's like with the full army and everything. Yeah, okay. So yeah, I don't know. This guy is just strong. Definitely. Is there anything else with story and characters you want to do? Or do you want to go into animation? Uh, we can go into animation. Yeah, let's talk some animation. It's good, definitely. Yeah. It's not what I'm used to. And in particular, these filmmakers consider lip sync more of like a suggestion. Yeah. Um, than any sort of hard and fast rule that they need. Um, and so that was a little jarring at first but you do kind of just eventually 
eventually you're just like, yeah, this is just how this works. Yeah. Um, I, I love things like the parting waterfall, like a curtain thing. That's always uh, a gag that I love. That was so good. Yeah. Um, the horses. So this is another kind of like the, how the Russian films always have great horses. These are some great horses, They're too. They're so cool. The colors. Yes. The, the style, the manes. Yes. Great. And then the backgrounds are just generally gorgeous. Um, I especially, there's, there's a lot of, of pretty stuff in Heaven, mm-hmm. um, which is very, like, ethereal floaty clouds all that sort of stuff and it, it always looks really good but i especially love the mountain area uh that that he and the monkeys call home yeah the, there's some gorgeous backgrounds there and stuff it just it like feels like a place like yeah i'd like to go live there with them too yeah it, it always feels lush yeah exactly sometimes you can get like oh this is supposed to have trees and stuff but no this felt like full of of uh Fruit, vegetation. Yeah, you could. You're like, I get why they want to live here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It's it's very pretty. Um, it, there's not a lot of work with shadows and stuff. Um, there was maybe like one scene I remember where they kind of used shadows to any real effect. Um, and it's very, it's very floaty. Um, which. I think I think it mostly works in that like that's kind of his character and also a lot of these characters are either from or they are spending time in heaven which is like they're just floating around up there. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, there doesn't it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like there's a lot of weight or anything like that. So it it's not it's very much not like the Disney style and stuff that iterates off of that. Of, like, the realistic movements and realistic weight or anything like that. Um, it doesn't come from that tradition at all, and it shows. And so the extent to which you'll appreciate that will, will vary. I enjoyed it. It's not, like, my favorite art style, but it was very it was very good for, for what it was. I I enjoyed it. Yeah. No, it was, it was, it was different, but it was uh, very striking and... And yeah, the, the floatiness was kind of interesting in terms of um, whenever the, uh, whenever, what is it, Sun? Sun Wukong? Whenever Sun Wukong would move, it would always be kind of meandering. Yeah. Um, especially, like, early on, I, I remember uh, watching him behind, like, following somebody's lead and always just kind of, it's never just straight behind them. He's always yeah. going back and forth or looking at things or spinning around or something. Yeah. And then when he's taken to... Very characterful. Yes, to the Jade Emperor's court, he is, like, on people, just trying to see what's going on and messing with them. Yeah. Uh, so he's very, you know, distracted or, or pulled by whims. It, it's very funny. Definitely. What do you think this would be like if it were a live action? Now, I haven't really, like, seen a lot of... Chinese films. Um, I've I've seen a couple, but they're pretty much all like 2000s or later. (laughs) Like I haven't seen anything from this time period. What I imagine working best is kind of almost more of a play aesthetic with really kind of heightening the unreality of it. Like really kind of gorgeous, beautiful, like stage design, but like for, for a film or whatever, but like that kind of, kind of like a hook almost, you know, where it's like, you're not necessarily believing that this ship is on the water, but it does like feel like a, a, a unique and, and cool physical place to, 
to inhabit. Something kind of like that. You can kind of have the floaty stuff when you're in heaven and stuff. And just a lot of, like, I feel like a lot of, like, dance and and sword work and just, Mm. like, really kind of theatrical, almost ballet is kind of how I how I would envision that, I think, could be really interesting. Yeah, and it is possibly already a live-action movie. Very. In fact, it is probably. Yes. But it's like, is it this section? To my knowledge, Journey of the West is so big, it's like, has all of it been adapted at this point in, like, a series of films that are all related? Is it all, like, kind of mishmash? I really just don't know. I don't know. But that's... Yeah, I don't know. That's my thoughts on it, but it almost certainly exists in some form or format, whether or not it was around this time, whether or not it's been remade like 50 times. I don't know, because I don't know which parts of this tale are the ones that are most adapted. Yeah, I guess the thing that you might lose out on or would have to be more interpretive is the the ending where they're... um changing into different animals and stuff like that. Yeah, and some of the, like, size shifting and stuff like that. Yeah, but... You have to do it differently. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, I'm sure it is already a a live-action film, uh, but I think it it also could be entertaining. Definitely. Uh, Yeah. Um, I... Let's talk some about sound design. Uh, I thought the music was generally great. Um, It it feels very Chinese, uh, and sometimes it's very... Kind of ethereal and floaty. The um, section. Sometimes it's kind of regal sounding. Sometimes it's just like really like a lot of a lot of drums and stuff. That's percussion. that's how the drums and percussion. That's how the fight scenes almost always are. I have a note here that the stylized animation and drums and percussion accompaniment used in the film are heavily influenced by Peking opera traditions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah, like especially that kind of really iconic i feel like drum and like the what i don't know what the instrument is if it's still just a type of drum that has kind of that boom boom like sound that happens like every time they fight is Uh i think part of that tradition because it shows up in a whole lot of chinese media um yeah Oh, there there was some interesting voice acting choices the the noise that the first the like demon makes what, what is it called so the, the the guy that fights before Neza, yeah, uh, he he just makes a funny uh, battle some sort cry of yeah, or some something. sort of war cry, but yes. it's yeah. Um, the combo of the pose and and that was was amusing. Yeah. Um, didn't wasn't as intimidating as that character at least seemed to want it to be. Right. Oh yeah, and he was like bump, not bumbling around, but he had these really heavy. Uh, weapons. That... I think they're called Chewy. I think it's the same kind of things that Shampoo and Ronma One Half likes to use. Yes, it was translated to, to hammers. Yeah, which the... it's like this is clearly not a, a hammer as we think of it. Yeah, but so he was using that and it's obviously like, oh, I, I use my brute strength but it was it was pretty easy for Sun Wukong to, to deal with it. Yeah, it didn't feel like he was... Um, Using his weapons or strength particularly skillfully. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Just had a lot, a lot of strength, and not a lot of like ability to use it effectively. Yeah, but yeah, there were some interesting voice acting choices there. Definitely. Um, Let's go on then to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? 
Again, I just kind of feel really out of my depth here. There's not a lot of ladies, and most of the ones that we see look very similar. Um, So not sure about that, though you then do have, like, the the mother or whatever. I I was not entirely clear what her deal is. But she, like, had, like, armor and stuff, and her face was, like, completely different from that. So maybe that's just, like, how the fairies ladies are supposed to look in particular. Yeah. I'm I'm not totally sure. Um, There's not a whole lot of ladies in here, and they don't really seem to do much of plot significance. Um, But that, you know, that's true of... A lot of classical tales. This is like a 16th century story, and I don't particularly expect uh, a whole lot of great takes with on women in like a 16th century story from any culture, frankly. I don't know. That could be a Western it, point of view. But, but that yeah. is a very Western point of view, so who knows? But uh, there wasn't a whole lot of ladies in here. But beyond that, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's it. Like, we're just out of our depth. Exactly. <laughs> norms and things yeah um yeah not much to say here yeah not really and we also don't have anything to say with spoilers so is there anything else that that comes to mind that you want to mention before we start talking favorites and least favorites no (laughs) no i don't think so all right then let's go on to our favorites and least favorites what was your least favorite scene in the movie you think i don't think there was anything like particularly Either bad or... I guess maybe I enjoyed him being drunk the least. I didn't hate it, but if I'm trying to pinpoint the least favorite part, I guess just him being mad and wrecking everything as he's drunk is... Yeah, just... Maybe the least enjoyable for me part. Yeah, I would say so. Because I, I think that's kind of the other part in terms of uh, storytelling. It's like a different structure, so... So sometimes with this, it's like, oh, this scene didn't need to be here. Uh, it could have been a tighter film or something. But that's that's very hard to come at from yeah, for this story. Definitely. Uh, of, of what, you know, did or didn't need to be here. But um, yeah, I guess I'll agree. Okay. Well, then what was your favorite scene in the movie? I mean, I think for me, it's the... the fight with the guy where they're shape-shifting back and forth. Um, I just love a good turning into different animals and stuff. And at one point, Sun Wukong turns into a house. And then when he gets found out, he's like a house with, like, arms attacking the guy. And that's just, like, that's fun imagery, you know? So, yeah, probably that part. I think I'll go with uh, whenever he was taking care of the horses... Yeah. And he let him out. And I'm like, oh, that's good. Uh, and the guy's like, they're so much better now. And well, it's like, yeah. But, but like, the specifics of, like, him turning into a, a cloud. Oh, and, yes. like, raining on the horses as really they, like, cute. bathe and stuff. Oh, you're right. That was so, uh, yeah. Uh, I and it's that. like, oh, it's not just a, like, oh, why are these guys tied up? Let them free. And they go wherever. It's like, oh, no. We'll let them free. And then I'll, again, take care of them. Yeah, yeah. And I imagine... Like, that's probably what he did with his his monkeys at home. Of, yeah. Like, and this is why it's um, uh, a peaceful, like, they, they still play around and stuff. You see it later in the film where they're messing with each other and one of the monkeys starts to fall, but then he saves them. It's just kind of like a, a freeform caring place. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Who was your least favorite character? Obviously somebody from the court. I, I think maybe the Jade Emperor. I just like, 
I never really got a full read on him, which again is probably just partially cultural divide here. Yeah. Um, but also he kept making decisions against my boy that I didn't like. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, maybe it could be one of the, the two advisors, but like the, the more diplomatic one was, was at least fairly interesting character wise. Yeah. He just seemed pretty out of his, Plus he Death. kept getting, like, messed up by the, the monkeys, which is funny. That was very funny. They captured him again and, he, like, <laughs> took his shoe and his yeah. hat and he had to, like, pull those things back from them as he talked to Sun Wukong. Yeah. You know, so so he was funny in that way. I guess with the Jade Emperor, it's like, you're, you're getting your input. You're like, eh, do this one, do this one. But, yeah, in a sense, you are... Uh, disrespecting this monkey guy. Yeah, right? <laughs> Come on. Um, yeah, like, he's not even high enough to to listen to. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'll go with the Emperor as well. Who's your favorite character? Yeah, I mean... I mean, it feels like it has to be Sun Wukong. Yeah. Like, he's the hero, and, he's like... The focus. He's maybe not my favorite character ever, but, like... I definitely pretty much always want him to win versus everyone, anyone else that is against him. So. Right. It feels like for the most part, he's in the right. And maybe yeah. he shouldn't have trashed the <laughs> banquet or whatever it was. But, you know, they didn't invite him. So, <laughs> you know, at this at this point, I'm just coming around to like, you know, he's done nothing wrong. Yeah. He just liked Vriska. He didn't do anything wrong. Oh, my God. I'm going to cut that. <laughs> You just had to say it. I just had to say is, it. Is Sun Wukong of Riska? No. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, yeah. If Tim Curry were in the dub of this, which I don't know if there's an English dub, and I don't think he's in one. Anyways, um, I would my vote's for Dragon King, or the the War Guy. But I I feel like Dragon King, he could have some fun like. Doing some like groveling and grumping and stuff that, whereas like War Guy kind of feels like really one note. Yeah, he's pretty one note. So yeah, I'd say Dragon King. I feel like that's that'd be a, a pretty fun one. That's fine. Let's go on to our overall consensus and what we would rate it. Yeah, I I would recommend it for those kind of wanting to see something different. It obviously has a lot of skill with it. Um, so like in in that sense, it, it's, it's really good. Uh, but if you're not sure about a kind of different, a different storytelling structure than what you're used to, you, you might, you know, not like it, but I will give it, uh, to, to like acknowledge the quality, even though it didn't fully, I wasn't fully with it the whole time. I'll give it a 2.75. That seems fair. I'm going to go in a similar range. I think I'll just go ahead and give it a three. I, I'm i trying to kind of mediate between how much I personally enjoy it in its storytelling style versus the piece of art that I feel like it is. So I'm, I'm going to go for a three. Um, I recommend it in terms of broadening your view of what animation is in other parts of the world and everything. Um, I, it's not probably a movie I'll want to watch again. And if I ever do, I need to not eat candy at the beginning of it. Cause that was a terrible choice on my part, 
but yeah, I mean, I think I think it's good, and there's a lot of interesting things there, and this is, I, I think, probably not a bad introduction into what Journey of the West is as as a piece of work. This is the beginning parts of it, so you get to see how it starts, you know? Yeah, I had a fun time, and, and ultimately, this moves about a, a movie that, that kicked God's butt, so that's pretty fun. Thank you all very much for listening. Next time, I don't know what we're watching. Haven't really figured it out yet. Oh, a surprise. It will be a Disney movie, I think. No, or is it... I don't know what it'll be. Don't make any promises. No promises, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll have some sort of movie, that's for sure. Yep. I think it's good. I think it's Disney. I think that's the rotation. Anyways, thank you all very much for listening. And yeah, and all three of us should be here. All three of us should be here next time, barring something else happening. But I, I think we should all be here. You should uh, watch Jan's stream. Yes. Nana, Nana Critter. Nana Critter on Twitch and Twitter yeah. and YouTube. On Tuesdays. Uh, she's playing Witcher 3 currently. Yeah. Um, we have fun there. Yes. We're in the chat being weirdos yeah <laughs> uh so yeah thank you yes thank you and until next time bye bye this has been how's it hold up with danica juarez and jan james you can find our podcast on twitter at how's it hold up pod that's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe also if you'd like to support us we have a patreon you can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark u equals two seven nine 0566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I N C O M P E T E C H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening!